The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. If you only know one of the 150 psalms, you know that one. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Penned by David, son of Jesse, one who was chosen as king while, yes, he was still shepherding the flock, young shepherd boy. He knew firsthand the experience of being a shepherd, but also the firsthand experience of being a sheep who needed a shepherd's care. You remember, right before he ascended to to the throne, still there occupying it was Saul, wicked in his later days, chasing David through the hillside. And so, When David penned those words, the Lord is my shepherd, there's, yes, the one part of him knowing the job description, but even more, knowing the experience of being loved by the shepherd. Yesterday, I noticed a new emoji on my phone. Normal yellow face, but this time, in place of the eyes, spirals. One clockwise and the other counterclockwise. I think it must have come with a new update because I'm sure I had never seen it before. And I come to find out it's titled Dazed. I presume it is new to my phone because of the result of how so many have felt over this past year. And I predict that It will be a very popular emoji when sending texts and emails for months to come. But I also propose that it's how David felt as he was being chased. It's also how those in the Gospels felt, coming and going in great number, it says. This Gospel happens right on the heels of last Sunday. Remember when Jesus sent out the Twelve with that very strange an austere packing list. Well, now they've come back and shared the good things that have happened, and Jesus wants to shepherd them. They're exhausted. They don't even have time to eat. Come away to a deserted place. But the crowds just keep coming over and over again. They get on the boat, try to get away. The crowds keep coming. Jesus realizes then that that dazed emoji is not just applicable to his twelve, but to all the crowds. They're like sheep without a shepherd, and he has pity on them. Come and rest a while. I got to admit, when I hear those words, come and rest, the image that comes to mind is not a very pious one. first image that comes to mind is a Corona commercial. You know, sit up with your feet up on the beach, Beautiful sun, waters, blue as anything. And I think that's what drives so many of us for, to, to try to tap into that perfect summer vacation. So how many of them do we try to achieve and come back absolutely exhausted, more tired than when we, when we went, as we try to, to achieve rest and peace? The second image, though, more pious, that comes to mind, and also more local than sunshiny beaches, is the stained glass window in the vestibule. You you passed it. Most of you did when you 
came in the doors today, the, the beautiful stained glass window of the Good Shepherd, Jesus with the sheep. And we know that image, and we go back to it so quickly, as, at least as often as we hear Psalm 23. But that can just be a pious image. What is the significance that Jesus is really offering? It's not just a pretty stained glass window. It's sure not just a gorgeous sunset over an ocean beach. To find it, I propose we go back to our first reading. Jeremiah, the prophet from the 7th century B.C. in the, the time of the Babylonian exile, when the kings of Israel had just failed, he speaks of them as shepherds. And that was a regular way for the Israelites to speak of their kings, that the shepherds, you shepherds have misled them. You've scattered the flocks. You haven't cared for them. You've cared for yourselves. And so the Lord then says to them through Jeremiah, to the people of Israel, through the prophet Jeremiah, I myself will shepherd you. What an amazing sign of hope that the Lord is going to be the one to care for them, to protect them, to feed them, to nurture them. I will shepherd you. But have you ever noticed when reading through the scriptures, sometimes it feels like we're looking at a, a patchwork quilt? It just doesn't seem like there's connections that are lining up. You start reading one thing and then all of a sudden, it seems to pivot. I noticed that with Jeremiah this week. Because in just a couple of verses, he goes from saying, I will shepherd them, to this. Behold, the days are coming when I will raise up a righteous shoot as king. He shall reign and govern wisely. Wait a minute, Lord. You can imagine the Israelites saying, well, let's go back to you being the shepherd. That, that sounded good. And now he's talking about another king. It can seem disjointed until, until, of course, we step back 700 years later and find Jesus. Jesus is the one who answers both promises. I myself will shepherd you, and I will set up a righteous shoot to David, an heir to King David, who will govern wisely. You see, in Jesus, we have one divine person with two natures. Yes, fully God and fully man. Very ironically, it, it was in the Council of Ephesus that this was definitively declared. The year was 431, in the same location to which Paul was writing our second reading. Now, he's speaking in the first century of the significance of the blood of Christ, the bishops of the church 400 years later speak that Jesus is one divine person with a godly nature, fully divine, and a human nature, fully man. As man, he knew it all. He knew exhaustion. He knew pain and suffering and joy and delight. But as God, fully divine, the rest that he offers is eternal, satisfying. It is himself. Folks, this Sunday is a set-up Sunday. 
the Lord is my shepherd, is the setup for what comes. This is when we find out the why. Why we, as his people, entrust ourselves to his care. But the next few Sundays, we look to the what and to the how. If he is the shepherd, then how does he care for us? Where and why? This is the the goal of these next few weeks. The Lord is my shepherd. So how will he care for us?